Maybe you're somebody that would like to learn more from your books when you're reading and you're interested in learning note-taking systems, but you're not quite sure where to start. There is a really fascinating topic called Atomic Notes. I'm going to share with you my concept of Atomic Notes today and how they've helped me to improve my research habits and understanding of what I read. I hope this helps. Let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well Podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host, where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Eddie Hood at the Read Well Podcast. I am filming this the day after Thanksgiving, or I guess not filming, I'm recording. I'm used to doing the YouTube channel, so I'm filming all the time as well. So no matter where you are in the holidays, whether you are just getting ready for Christmas or New Year's or whenever you're in life listening to this, I hope you are doing well and that your family is healthy and happy. As we are talking about reading and researching all of the time here, I thought it would be fun today to talk about a note-taking method that I've developed that has really helped me over the years to improve the way I sort of consume information and bring it into my knowledge management system. If you're new to this idea of self-learning and armchair academia, is maybe what I'd like to call it, just people who enjoy opening up a challenging book at the end of a long day of work and studying something meaningful, whether you're learning Play-Doh or whether you're learning how to craft the best meal possible for your family and you want to understand the science of cooking. Whatever your passion is, there's learning involved and hopefully there are books included in that learning process. So let's jump in today to the atomic note-making process. And I really think this is going to change how you interface with your information and help you to process that information much more efficiently. I am sort of a geek for acronyms. I love acronyms because I can use all the help possible for memorizing information. Uh, I definitely like the support that the, that the tool gives us. So I made an acronym out of the word atomic notes. Now, before we get into what my acronym is, there are six stages to an atomic note in my system, A-T-O-M-I and C, atomic. Let's just redefine what atomic notes mean to the general population at large. Really the idea here is to get away from how you took notes in high school or college, where when your teacher or professor spoke, you wrote down every possible word he or she said, thinking or hoping that you would consume that information later and have it at your disposal. An atomic note is not about capturing all of the information, it's about capturing the correct and the concise version of information and then being able to use that note in your system down the road. So it's not about being verbose here, it's about being articulate and concise. Let's get into what the acronym is and you can begin to apply this in your own note-taking methods. Now, A, A is the first letter in atomic and for me that stands for annotated. So every good note, especially the atomic notes, are annotated. So when you capture a passage from a book that you love or your professor says something interesting or whatever it is that you're studying, you're going to copy that passage down and then it's not enough just to get that information. What we need to do with it is analyze it. We need to regurgitate it and think about it. The philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche often said that good students will take time to ruminate. He used the word ruminate 
on the things that they're studying. It takes time to chew on the information, to think about it, to go for a walk and consider it. That's what it means to learn. And when you're annotating, you're going through each section of that passage you captured, and you're asking yourself, what does this mean and why is this important? And for the pieces that truly stand out, that are really, really moving for you in the work that you do, I like to put a little number one above that section. And at the bottom of that note, right, I'll write the number one and I'll write out my own annotation for it. So I won't usually write it in the margin next to the thing because there's not enough space. I will just put the number one next to it like a footnote and then I will go down to the bottom of the page, write number one and then write out as much as I need to. It should be said here that because we're dealing with atomic notes, atomic means small. If you think about an atom, which is the building block of all things, this is what we're doing. We're creating notes that are going to be the building blocks of your knowledge system. So each atomic note that you make should be small and concise. That's why a three by five card is such a wonderful tool for note makers, because you have a limited amount of space. So if you try to envision in your mind a three by five card, you're going to write the passage down that's important to you. You're then gonna annotate each section that is critical. And below that, on the same card, you need to have enough room to write your footnote one, two, and three, or so on, and write out what those passages mean to you. So you really have to be judicious about your choice of words, and you really have to cut out all of the fluff and get to the point. Okay, that's A. The next letter in our acronym is T, and T stands for title. Every good note in your note-making system should have a title. And there's a reason for this, because if you can give a note a very specific title, that means that you've whittled it down to its core concept, that you've become concise enough with that passage that you can name it. If, however, your note is six pages long and it covers 18 topics, it's really hard to name that note and it's really then hard to organize it in your note-making system. Where do you put it? Under what index, under what tag? How do you link it with other notes if it's all over the place? This is why an atomic note is so powerful because it comes down to its bare bones. You then give it a title so that it encapsulates itself into your mind. And when you see that title, you know what this note's going to be about. Giving a note a title is actually a challenging exercise. And you don't wanna be lazy here because you are again, creating a building block structure for your knowledge management system. So every note is important and it's really, really, really valuable to spend time trying to get the title right. You don't need to spend hours here by any means, but give it a minute or two, read the passage and ask yourself, what is this passage truly about? Why is it important? And if I were to see one sentence that defines it, what would that sentence be? Because in five years, when you pull this note out of your note-making system to use it for, I don't know, something in your career or a paper that you're writing or an argument that you want to make or just you're interested in this topic again, and all you're going to see is that title, it needs to bring back to you in your mind what this information is going to be about. The next letter in our little learning adventure here is O. A-T-O. And O stands for organized. Now, if you're anything like me and all of the other people in this community, I don't care to make blanket statements, but if you're here, you're probably of a certain kind of mind frame where you love, you know, <laughs> you love to organize your bookshelf and you love pens and stationery and you love to think and you love journals and, and you want to study, right? 
So the idea of having an organized study system is kind of exciting, it really is, rather than having a shoebox full of notes somewhere in the corner of your closet that you can never make use of. So really taking some time to think about how you'll organize this note into your current system is very, very important. This means that every note should have its own unique identification number. Now, it doesn't have to be a number. It can be a tag. If you're using a digital software tool like Highlightish, you can you can tag it. So perhaps you're studying, you know, something on philosophy. You could tag it as well. You could just call it philosophy, whatever, and you could connect it with all of these other philosophical notes. But the important part is here is to not just make a basic note and then put it into a filing cabinet. You need to give it a tag, or you need to index it into your platform. Or if you're on 3x5 cards, you can do as Nicholas Lumen did, who is the creator of the Zettelkasten, which just stands for slipbox. It's a German phrase. And what he did is each Zettel, which was just a 3x5 card, he would write a number at the top of it in the top corner. I think that was the location. Anyway, the important information here is that this card would have a unique number, like 3,104. And perhaps 3,000 stood for philosophy, maybe 100 was for nihilism, and four was, you know, whatever. You can see how it gets sort of more granular. He created a referencing system. You don't need to use that sort of granular system, but you should have a way of finding this piece of research in the future because every note you make is not for you now, it's for you in the future, whether it's you tomorrow or you in five years when you're doing a unique piece of work. It needs to be accessible to you. Otherwise, we really are wasting our time reading these books if we're creating notes that we'll never see again and that we'll never use again. If you were to look at my personal note-taking system, again, I use a mixture of both 3x5 cards, but I also spend all of my time digitizing my work in Highlightish. Highlightish is the tool that I use to keep track of all of my notes. So there, right now, you can tag each note as a specific, in any word you want. You could tag a note for fishing or golfing or philosophy or psychology or whatever you're studying, right? And it connects it with all of the other notes that are tagged similarly. Uh, I'm also thinking about building in a unique identification number into Highlightish because I'm the creator of Highlightish. So um, I might have our development team go in and make it so that you can see a unique identifying number there, kind of like a Zettelkasten. Uh, we're playing with that idea so that you can feel even more organized in your system. The point here is that for you, you need to be able to find this thing. So how does your brain work? Does your brain think topically like mine does? You know, I think philosophy. So if I want to go and write a paper on philosophy, I'm gonna to go to my Highlightish account. I'm gonna to go to my philosophy tags there. And then I'm gonna pull up every note I've ever made on philosophy. And I'm gonna go through all of those and start to build an argument on my case. However, if you're more of a Dewey Decimal System kind of person, uh, which is great. I definitely remember going to the library when I was a kid and going through the card index files and finding my books that way. I loved doing that. If that's how your brain works, you can create a numerical system to find your information. Just take a moment to organize your notes in a way that you can find them down the road. Okay, I think we beat that one uh, dead. <laughs> Let's move on to M. M is the next sort of characteristic of an atomic note in this system that I've built for myself. Now this acronym is something I created just to help me as I'm writing a note because it's very easy. I, my brain moves very quickly and so if I'm making a note I'll often get very sloppy. 
and I'll write really quickly because I'm excited. And then I'll set that on my desk and it will get lost. And I think later on, man, that was a really good piece of information. Where did I stick that thing? And I kind of kick myself for that. And so I created this system, one, so that I could have a mental checklist that was easy to remember. And two, so that I can slow down and look at each note and make that note. So I'm gonna hit pause here for a minute. I wanna make a differentiation here between two terms. We often say, let's take notes. And I've heard other people say this before, but it is very meaningful to me. They've changed that from let's take notes to let's make notes. And that is a mind shift that will affect you and your research and help you to learn at a higher level. Once you go from just taking notes as like a task you gotta do to looking at a blank card and saying, okay, I found a piece of information that's valuable. I am now going to make a note for this. And then if you can go through my six step atomic acronym here, as you make your note, you'll have everything you need to make this note powerful for you. And I really think you'll find this useful. Hey everyone, I wanna take just a quick second in the middle of this podcast to tell you about Highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add I-S-H at the end. Highlightish.com is the tool that I use to make better book notes and to organize my writing. It's where I go to capture my favorite passages, annotate them, and then to turn that research into essays, blog posts, or research papers. If you're someone that wants to get more out of the books that you love and you wanna turn that into great output, go to Highlightish.com today. Thanks for listening and let's get back to the show. Okay, the letter M. M stands for meaningful. This one is a little challenging because if you're like me, you want to read everything. And you know, when I read a book, it's very hard for me not to highlight like every word of every page of every book because I just love information. I love reading and I have to be very hard on myself to say, you know what, this passage isn't quite as important. I don't need to highlight this. And I really have to exercise some self-control. M is really the part of this acronym that is hardest for me to adhere to because when I highlight a passage in a book, I need to ask myself before I go and highlight it, how meaningful is this? Yes, it's interesting. And yes, it's, you know, if it's, let's say for example, it's a quote and it's very pithy. It's very memorable and, and kind of catchy, the kind of thing that could go up on your wall on a picture frame and everybody would go, wow, that's a that's a great quote. Well, just because it's a great quote and it's very sort of catchy, it doesn't mean it needs to go in my knowledge management system. It doesn't mean I need to take the time necessary to turn that into a note because we now make notes. It takes effort to do this. I only have so much time in the day and I don't want my note system to get clogged with a bunch of so-so notes. I want each note in there to have real impact on the things I care about. So M is not something that goes on the card, but it's a process of making the card. As you're highlighting a book, I'll say this, I, I do highlight a lot in my books. I don't make notes for every highlight in my book. And, and here's what I do, when I'm reading, I will always have a highlighter in my hand. That's, that's rule number one, have a highlighter. And what I'll do is when I find a passage that I think could be a good note down the road, I will put a, a highlighted mark down the inside part of the paragraph, right next to the spine. And I'll just highlight that whole bit there and then I'll just keep reading. And I'll read and I'll read and I'll read and I'll keep highlighting. Then uh, once a week, I will come back to my book and I will go back to all of those highlights and I'll reread them and I'll ask myself, is this passage meaningful? 
If I say yes, then I'm committing to make a note for that passage. If I say, yeah, no, I mean, I see why I highlighted it. It's interesting. I, may, I might make a little note in the marginalia there to, um, you know, just to have it, but I'm not gonna turn it into work. So I'll just move on. And uh, I'll end up turning, you know, what would have been 50 highlights into maybe five or seven notes that are really, really critical. I hope that helps you as you are thinking about your, your notes. If you're anything like me, your books can get pretty colorful and full of scribbling. And it's really, really hard to sort of hone that down. And this is just a skill, asking yourself, is this meaningful? We have two steps left in our atomic note-making process, and letter I is probably the most popular of these steps. It's my favorite as well, because it's through the letter I that we grow as readers and we get more intelligent. It's because of this step that we're able to link ideas together and see things we hadn't seen before. I stands for interconnected. What this means is we're looking at our note once we've made it. So we've got it on our card or if you're in highlighters, you've typed it out and then you've given it a title and you've organized it into your system by tagging it or giving it a number you've made sure that the text you've copied is meaningful, now you have to interconnect it with other notes you've made, okay? So the goal here, I always try to find at least three notes that are similar to this note, but are dissimilar as well. So for example, I'm making this up on the fly, so forgive me if this is a really bad example, but let's say, well, I was recently reading Letters from a Stoic by Seneca, and in there, he talks about how when bad things happen to us, it's not the fault of external events that our life is tough. The reason why our life is tough is because we have an internal disease and we don't know that disease is there. And what he's trying to say is that we have internal weight, baggage, emotion, anxiety, depression, stress, whatever it is, that makes things worse than they really are. And if we can learn to control that internal disease, we can live a much happier life. Well, after making that note, I look through that passage and I think to myself, okay, this is clearly a note about psychology, you know, managing your psychology and really trying to work on yourself as an individual. So I might, I might organize this in my psychological section of my personal knowledge management platform. Anyway, let's now link this to other notes. Well, as I read through this, I'm looking at external events. Okay, I think that's an important part of the passage and I'm looking at an internal disease. So what is linked to that? What are other notes in my note-making system that I could make a leap to to say, oh, I hadn't thought about this idea and how it relates to that idea, but they do, they connect and they relate. So case in point, I recently read a book by Seth Godin called The Practice. Now The Practice is a business book. It is a book about taking your work and sending it out into the world, right? You show up every day, you practice your work, and you have courage and you ship it out there and you let people see your work, as terrifying as that is. Whether you're like me and you're trying to get a YouTube channel and a podcast off the ground, and you know it's not perfect. You know there are things that are wrong, but you still send it out there to get feedback so that you can get better. That's the whole point of Seth Godin's book, The Practice. Now, as I think about that and I, and I consider what it's like, I can link this idea of Seneca who's saying, external events are not my problem, it's internal events. I can link that to the way I feel as a creator and a business owner 
and link that to what Seth Godin is saying in the practice, right? So I could link these two notes because if I don't send my work out into the world, then I sit at home and I get anxious and I feel like I'm not good enough and I feel like life's hard and whatever else. And I always wonder what could have been, right? And it's this disease that sort of chips away at you. However, if I, well, and let me back up. I, I would be blaming external events if I were living that way, right? Not sending my stuff out saying, well, nobody's gonna like my stuff, YouTube's too hard anyway, and starting a business is challenging, so I'm just not gonna do it. However, if I decide to send my work out, I've said to myself, you know what? Forget external events. What happens is what happens, and I'm going to trust in myself, and I'm going to be courageous enough, and I'm going to allow myself to fail. And in doing that, I'm working on myself internally. I'm, I'm trying to strengthen myself mentally and physically and emotionally, and whatever happens, happens, right? It's better to do than not to do. So I could make a leap there as a writer, for example, and I could say, ooh, that's an interesting article that I wanna write now. I could take Seneca's work on handling the internal disease, and I could take Seth Godin, a contemporary business author, and talk about creating good work and shipping out of the world. I could now write an essay about how sending your work out will help you with your own internal challenges, right? And not blaming the world on external problems. That's what I'm talking about here. To interconnect your ideas is the most fun and enjoyable part of research. It is one thing to take an idea and say, okay, yep, that was fascinating. I've got my note, I've made it atomic. I'll stick it in my filing cabinet or I'll log it away in highlightish.com and it'll sit there forever. That's like step one. That's not even the interesting part. The best part is to say, how does this relate to all of the other things I have studied in my life? Now, in case you're wondering, I'm sitting at a desk with no notes right now. And I thought about that Seneca note and I thought, well, what else relates? I recently read Seth Godin and so I was able to make that mental leap there. And now I'm actually interested in writing an essay on that very topic. This is why studying is so much fun because you get to create new ideas. You get to push new ideas forward and your voice does matter. And if you've ever sat at your desk and thought, I don't have any original ideas. I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna do anything unique. Like what, you know, if I were to write an essay, what am I gonna say? Or if I start a new business, like how's it gonna be interesting at all? My statement to you is this, you don't have to be unique. All you have to do are read great books and say, how does this relate to that other idea, which is in a whole different field. And as you make mental connections, you come up with a new idea that nobody's ever thought about. The letter C is our final letter in this acronym. And it is also a challenging one for me because I am not the most concise person in the world. I wish I was, but I definitely could work on this skill. Once you have your note down on paper, the idea here is to try and make it as concise as possible. So eliminate unnecessary words, uh, try to really make this straight and to the point. And that's it. To be concise is very clear and it is to not waste time. That is the six steps of my atomic note-taking system. A is to be annotated. T is to create a title. O is to organize it in your system. M is to make sure that whatever you're copying down, the bit that you save, is meaningful. I is to make sure that it's interconnected with other notes. And C is to keep it concise. Now, if you found this week's episode helpful, 
I would really appreciate it if you would take just a moment to go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Uh, you know, this is a new podcast and any rating that we can get is definitely going to help with the exposure of the show. I would love for more people to be able to hear this. We're working really hard over here to try and create good content for you. So if you're finding it valuable, I would really appreciate the return favor of a quick star rating review. And thank you so much for your time. And until next week, happy reading. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.